Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. From hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more, whether you are pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Are you ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Welcome back to Work Party, the podcast. This is your host, Jacqueline Johnson. And for today's convo, we are going to be joined by the one and only Emma Bates. If you're familiar with Create and Cultivate, then you might have heard from Emma at our Austin pop-up event this year, where she spoke on our blockchain breakdown panel, amongst other women leading the way in blockchain technology. Emma has an impressive background, to say the least. But today, she's currently working as the CEO and co-founder of DM, a community-powered search engine designed for women. DM is a Techstars New York City portfolio company backed by leading investors like Flybridge, Accrue, and Salation. By trade, she's a marketer and a community builder, and her entry into marketing was somewhat untraditional And that she started out by growing a blog to over 100,000 readers at the age of 19, and then transitioned into marketing roles at some of the fastest growing consumer brands in New York City and the UK. Prior to founding DM, she was also head of global marketing at the direct-to-consumer travel brand, Away. When she's not sidestepping her way into another entrepreneurial endeavor, she works to create social change as a lifelong advocate for gender equity and equality. This mission stems from her time at King's College in London, where she majored in war studies with a focus on the intersection of gender and sexual-based violence in conflict and post-conflict regions. Emma has been featured in Forbes, HuffPost, Entrepreneur, and The Cut for her unique approach to marketing, community building, and partnerships. In today's episode, I cannot wait to talk to her about the importance of bringing a human element into the tech space, the power of female communication, how she's working to bring inclusive, reliable information to people of all different backgrounds all over the world. I'm proud to say I'm both an investor and an advisor to Emma. So let's welcome to the show, Emma. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here. We've known each other for such a long time, and I am obviously an investor advisor in your business. So, so excited to bring your story to the work party audience. So let's just dive right in. So for anyone who might not be familiar with you, can you give us a little bit of your career background, the history of how you got to where you are today? Yeah. So my background is 
almost entirely within marketing and partnerships. And my entry into that world was somewhat untraditional. While I was at university, I was studying war studies, which was like very academic and like definitely checked a lot of boxes for me in that regard, but I'm a highly creative person. And so I felt like I needed an outlet of of some sort. And this was about 10 years ago now. So I started a blog and basically just to put film photography and writing and all of the sort of musings that someone who's 19 who thought everyone needed to hear what they wanted to say would write about. And that grew into hundreds of thousands of readers at one point, uh, brand deals, all of that sort of stuff in the very early days of creators and influencers and all of what that's now grown into. Quickly realized upon graduating that I wasn't particularly interested in doing that around myself, but I love building brands around for other people, for different audiences, things that I was passionate about. And so I went into marketing. That was basically how I learned marketing was, was via this blog. And from there, joined one of the first influencer platforms, which is is now rebranded into a creator connector, all sorts of things like that. I scaled their first 300 influencers onto the platform, built a community of those people. And then I was approached by the co-founders of Away, where I joined the team when there were about 10 employees to initially spearhead their UK launch. And then I came over to New York three months later and did partnerships for Away for the first three years of the company and was obsessed with it. Partnerships, I always say, is like my one true love from a from a professional standpoint. And it was a really, really fun and supercharged learning experience. And then from there, I met my co-founder, Divya, while we were both working at Away. And we decided to tackle the problem of not being able to discover community-generated knowledge online. And that led us to creating DM. I love it. Yeah. So you've been in like the startup bootstrap side of things for so long. And then now you've gone out and done it on your own, which I I obviously love. And I love that story as well. So for you, did you plan out your career? Were you always like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur one day, I'm going to jump off and do this on my own? Or did it kind of just happen circumstantially? Definitely circumstantially. I always knew I worked a little bit differently than what was maybe expected of me. I think like I I remember when I was at university, my dad, who's a CFO, and so has always worked in like very big companies, was like, Emma, you need to be applying for jobs. And I was like, I don't want to work anywhere where I have to apply a year in advance. And so I didn't and basically drove him slowly insane throughout the final 12 months of my degree. And then when I graduated, I actually had three job offers. So I wasn't too too wrong in my thought process there. But yeah, I definitely didn't think I would go on to launch a company. My mum runs her own company. So I kind of grew up in that environment and thought maybe it was a possibility, but never set out to to get here. Yeah. That's a dream parent duo. Like (laughs) who's an operator, entrepreneur, dad who's a CFO. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure along the way. So you mentioned you were running partnerships at Away, which is now sort of one of the darling CPG brands that's out there. For people who don't understand what someone who runs partnerships does, can you kind of walk us through what that looked like? Maybe some examples of the work you did while you were there? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of different areas of partnerships. There are strategic partnerships and those tend to be ones that drive direct revenue for the business. They might be with like an American Express or someone like that. There are brand partnerships, which tend to be more of like the buzzy type of partnerships, like limited edition drops or press worthy initiatives. And then there's influencer partnerships. There's also content partnerships and all sorts of things like that. So when I was at Away, I focused most on brand partnerships. So ones that would drive 
press mentions sort of catalyze awareness, that sort of work. And I think that what I find most satisfying about the partnerships work is how impactful a really well-matched and well-aligned partnership can be. So for example, the one that we worked on that I loved doing was we partnered with a boutique hotel in Paris during fashion week. And I think it was like 2017, we ended up taking over the whole hotel and created, turned it into a a sort of miniature Soho house was the goal that we issued a partnership. We could shoot like literally membership cards to guests, that sort of stuff. And then we partnered with the hotel to create like a limited edition run suitcase, which we gifted to all of the guests as well as a made available for sale. And a lot of that was to sort of announce that we were launching in Europe, or I think maybe it was even specifically in France, but also to sort of play into a very cultural moment of fashion week and to sort of align with that crowd as their sort of go-to suitcase. And so that's like a really big example of a partnership. A smaller one that I also really loved working on was Star Wars. We wanted to sort of start getting some bigger names under our belt from a portfolio perspective. And so we entered into a licensing agreement with Star Wars around the release of one of their sort of upcoming movies. And that actually sold out in four days, which was insane. Um, But yeah, this is a wide range of work that you can do under partnerships. But the stuff that I find most satisfying, almost fun to work on are definitely sort of brand partnerships. Yeah, I love that so much. So many good examples there. And I think, you know, really impressive for a luggage company at the end of the day (laughs) to pull these like big name partnerships. So what a fun, you know, kind of career jumping off point for you. So you are running this in a way and then you take the leap into the tech space. So for those who don't know, walk us through what DM is. Yeah, so with DM, I'll tell you a bit about how we came up with the idea because it's very relevant to how someone might think about using it. So when I was at Away, I had to take the morning after pill for the first time. And having never taken it before, I was sort of scrambling around trying to find information on the side effects and what was going to happen and how long would I have a period for, all of that sort of stuff. And I couldn't find anything in Google. I ended up basically asking people to fill out a survey. I made a Google survey and sending it to friends and collect, ended up collecting all of this information into a spreadsheet. And I shared the spreadsheet in my Instagram story. It kind of went viral or like hundreds of people reviewing it, all sorts of things like that. And I was like, why are we doing this? Like, (laughs) why does this not exist in a more meaningful way? Women especially share information like this with each other every single day, yet we can't access any of it. Usually it's in a private group chat. Perhaps it might be, I don't know, over dinner with your girlfriends, that sort of thing. There's no place online where you're like, I can go here and access a database of community knowledge that I trust. And so that's really what we're solving for with GM is we want to create what will ultimately from an industry in industry terminology uh, become a social search engine but to to anyone who might be listening or to, to you and I it's a place where you it's a dedicated place where you can search discover collect community knowledge around things that you need answers to that beyond your private group chats I love that. So I always love businesses that launch to solve a problem, right? That they see a space that could use some fixing, that could use some new product, and then you go and launch it. But obviously, this is a tech product. So it requires a lot more than just, you know, the idea and, and, and you know, creating this whole concept. So can you talk to us a little bit about yourself and your co-founder, how you guys came together and how you went from, hey, we have this idea to now we have a product? Yeah, so for context, 
obviously you know this Jacqueline, but my co-founder is her whole background's in product management. So she comes to the table with far more technical expertise in how you get a product off the ground than I do. So what we sort of collaborated on was I was like, I think there's a really big opportunity from a community perspective to build something where a community is incentivized to talk with each other. I don't like any of the community platforms that I've had to use in the past to build communities. What can we be doing differently? And Divya sort of came with the lens of like, okay, well, MVP and then this and test and iterate and all of that sort of stuff. So we always say that I have the like ridiculous ideas and then like Divya knows how to execute on them. So I ought to just to tell me to stop talking basically. So it works quite nicely in that regard. But I think how we got there was first of all, just tons and tons of research. We shared multiple surveys in my Instagram story. Luckily I had have quite a few followers that were willing to participate. And the first was really just validating that we weren't the only people that thought this. Um, and we, I put this survey in my Instagram and we got, I think it was like over 800 responses in like six hours of people just like pouring out their frustrations or the last thing they tried to search for or the thing that they couldn't find or didn't trust all this sort of stuff and like deeply personal stories. And we were like, why are you sharing this in a Google survey? Like surely there's somewhere else. So that kind of validated it for us. And then from there, anything with like technology really that's or building digital products is just iteration just you have to constantly be looking like what's sticking what's not working and quickly be okay with pivoting and being like okay I have no ego over this idea that one didn't work move on to the next one so that's sort of the biggest difference I think between building technology and building like a CPG brand hey work party listeners we're taking a quick break to talk about today's sponsor Printfresh. The holiday season is almost upon us, but when it comes to gifting, I know you're going to want to get a head start on shopping for your friends, family, and peers. And one of my favorite suggestions for a holiday gift is a set from Printfresh. If you're not familiar, Printfresh is a woman-owned luxury sleepwear and lifestyle brand made for lovers of patterns and loungewear. They recently launched their Printfresh Holiday Shop, which is a curated collection of cozy must-have gifts for making spirits bright. They create the prettiest, dreamiest, and softest pajamas on the market, and I'm sure everyone in your life would love to have a set of their own. I bought my mom and sister a pair last year, and they absolutely loved it. Think warm, fuzzy, hot chocolate in hand and a holiday movie marathon. Print Fresh's luxury sleepwear is the cherry on top and pairs perfectly with those cozy winter nights. Print Fresh is one of my favorite female-founded clothing brands as it's focused on inclusivity and sustainability. Colorful and whimsical patterns are beautifully screen printed by hand onto their 100% organic cotton pieces. I am obsessed with their entire holiday collection. And whether you're shopping for your family, friends, or partners, give the gift of comfort and joy and shop early for the perfect printed present. With sizes from XS to 6X, their range is very inclusive and they also allow free exchanges so holiday shopping is effortless. And just in case you ever think your pattern choice, gift cards are always an option. Printfresh is my secret to getting the dreamiest night's sleep. They've always been the first thing I put on my to-do list before I snuggle down and pass out after an exhausting day. Your family's going to love them too. More mushes and even cozier sleepwear are up ahead. The perfect fun and festive style. It's just a click away. Be sure to explore Printfresh Holiday Shop today. Go to printfresh.com slash workparty or use code party for 15% off your first purchase. See what's in store for the season and snag your gift early. Head to printfresh.com slash workparty or use code party at checkout for 15% off your first order. 
Hi, I'm Allie Colbert. I'm bisexual, so I'm attracted to both women and food. I'm a stand-up comedian, and I host The Allie Colbert Show, where we talk all things dating, sexuality, pop culture, television advice, everything queer. We are the anti-basic podcast. We do amazing interviews with my friends who are hilarious stand-up comedians and have on interesting authors, writers, and actors. So if you want to laugh, listen to steamy stories, or learn some new dating tricks, this is for you. Listen in wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or wherever else. Obviously, this technology requires community. So how did what were some of the strategies you did around launch to get people to be using DM? You know, how have you leveraged your newsletter in, in interesting ways to really create this new audience? Yeah, so when we launched our newsletter to get initial subscribers, we did a classic milestone referral campaign. And it was really centered around people sharing it with your whisper network. So like, that's like a deeply emotive behavior that people, usually women will be like, I know what you talk, what you're talking about when you say whisper network. And so that's how we got initial subscribers. You were rewarded for however many people that you referred. And then from there, the all of our growth to date, because we haven't really turned on any massive like paid growth levers yet, has been by referrals. So those initial newsletter subscribers have gone on to refer their friends and sort of built in the thousands, uh, month over month, quite organically in that regard. The reason that that happened is because we focus on producing really good, relatable content. So every newsletter is an essay that I will write. And then we have our editorial director edits it every week and people just relate to what we're writing. And so they share it. So yeah, the initial growth came from an actual campaign and we've done sort of mini stunts over the sort of last 18 months as well. But really it's just centered around like producing high quality content. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys tackle different topics all the time. What have been some of the most popular DMs that you've seen? Yeah, my two favorites, I think one was I basically created AI Emma, which was in collaboration with my boyfriend who can code. I didn't make it myself. And we basically were looking at GPT-3 and all of the emerging technology around there and decided to train AI Emma on 10 of my newsletters and basic biographical details, and then put it on a website and people could ask it questions. And I put it on Twitter, it went viral. And 70% of the over thousand searches that I received were sexual in nature. And so clearly it reached the sort of incel community or rather, I don't know, maybe they weren't incels, maybe they're just gross men. And so that's, and I was like reading it and I'm like, is this really all you want to ask me? Like you're being presented with this epic piece of technology and all you're asking is whether I spit or swallow. (laughs) Um, And and so from that, we created one of our newsletters, which was like AIS. Emma, just another woman on the internet. And that was super popular. And then other ones that we've done around birth control, people are always very responsive to that for obvious reasons. So it's been really interesting to see. That's so depressing about AI, (laughs) but also like that improves the point, I guess, in many ways. So you've talked a lot about bringing a human element into the tech industry. Can you explain what you mean by this? Yeah, I think a lot about product design or rather... I think a lot about how products are currently designed to change our behavior in, in and to make us do things that don't feel very intuitive. So a TikTok video, like while it's amazing that you can get such reach and, and whatever, it's like quite a bizarre communication medium. And 
I think we sort of operate in this world where we assume just because something is called social media that it is social when actually it's just socialized media. And so I I think a lot about how you can look at actual human behavior on a day-to-day basis. Like how do we communicate? How do we seek to discover information? What are we, what ways are we looking to share and to build products that represent that better versus sort of trying to train someone to do something they don't know how to do or that feels a bit far removed from human behavior. So yeah, really just design that's inspired by like what we actually do and making it better and more accessible for them. Yeah. I mean, that's such a great way to contextualize what you're building because it's so true. I mean, social media in a vacuum, it is like, it's like broadcasting information with this, Hmm. you know, influencer, people are influencing the way you shop or buy, but information itself is not there yet. And that's what you guys are really solving for, which I I think is so smart. So what do you think, you know, for anyone who's listening are the non-negotiables for someone who wants to break into a career in the tech space? I think really it's to do with understanding what your skill set is and then applying it to a tech forward. I mean, every company is a tech company now, but applying it to, let's say, a social platform. So maybe you do have a background in partnerships, but maybe you see that that could be very valuable to an early stage social product that's looking to expand its reach. And so really it's just like becoming familiar with what roles are available to you in the a world of technology, consumer technology, and figuring out what how you can fit into that. So something that I wish that I'd known about when I was at university was like UX, UI, and like product design. Like I love being involved in that process. And it's definitely I've I've realized over time a lot of my sort of skill set would have aligned well to that type of a career. So I think it's really just educating yourself about like what are the core positions within a business that's building technology and how could you maybe play into that and then making sure you get the experience together. Absolutely. And obviously tech is such a male dominated space, even though we're seeing more women get involved every single day, but what do you think some of the barriers are for females working in tech? Like, what do you think in terms of, you know, your role also you and your co-founder in terms of building DM, have you run into any roadblocks specifically because you're two women building a technology product? The first thing that comes to mind was an experience, one of our first engineers who basically just like verbally assaulted us over the phone via by, by being just like he was highly misogynistic and somehow we hadn't picked up on that sooner. And so like there's definitely, you'll definitely encounter people who based off of your gender or, or how you might present think of you differently. But I think really it's just like there needs to be more, in, like even in school, just like more education around like coding and product management and business development and all of those things that you kind of like, at least when I was at school, I never thought of taking economics, but that probably would have been the most helpful like course that I could have taken while I was there or coding or like making sort of actively trying to include more diverse population in those types of degrees. And I do think it's changing, but I think really it starts from an education standpoint. You just need to include more women in the conversation yeah. around like why you should learn to code. A hundred percent. So let's talk a little bit about fundraising. So you've raised over $3 million to build DM. So tell us a little bit about fundraising, you know, tips you have for entrepreneurs who maybe are looking to break in and raise money for their business. Biggest piece of advice is probably around learning the game. I don't think, 
the, we were we got into the Techstars New York Accelerator, and that taught us basically everything that we needed to know, at least to start with, about raising venture capital and raising money from angel investors. But really, it's like you can't just go it like go into it being like I'm going to cold outreach to a hundred people and I'm going to raise money. Like that's just not how it works. So really, just like learning the game and learning how deals get over the line because that is a big part of it. People don't like to admit how much FOMO plays into it. But if you speak to any single person that knows anything about fundraising, sort of offline, quote unquote, they'll tell you exactly that it's about generating FOMO. And so really just knowing that I think is the most powerful first step into fundraising. And then from there, it's just like actively networking and actively building relationships with people. So someone's not going to just like give you money like like that kind of thing you you, like with anything you build a relationship with them or you I don't know like keep them updated over a six-month period something along those lines and that's super super important it's like don't don't just reach out to people when you need money like that's not gonna work (laughs) great advice so would you recommend accelerator programs for people who are looking to start and raise money yeah, I think it depends on the accelerator program from what I've heard. Like we had an excellent, we did Techstars New York and Jenny Fielding was our MD at the time and she was just phenomenal and can't speak more highly of her. And so I would say like Techstars, we had a great experience with, but I think some, and that they also give you money. So I think there's some accelerator programs which don't give you financing and like don't guarantee that, but take equity, for example. And that's like, not necessarily a great agreement for you in the future. So yeah, just really do your research on the accelerator program. Totally. Yeah. Such great advice. So for our audience, if they want to get involved in DM, like how can they, how can they start to get involved? Well, they can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which is, I'm sure I can send you the link, but we write an essay every single week. And the essay links to the app where you can share your thoughts or your answers to the question that we answered in the newsletter, you can download the DM app and the two features or the two actions that you can take are you can start a DM, which is basically to start a discussion or ask a question, or you can contribute to a DM that someone else has created and share your own sort of stories and wisdom and tips uh, that way. So yeah, get involved. Send us all your feedback. Yes, I love that. And looking back now at your career, what advice would you give your younger self, you know, knowing everything that you know now? Good question. I think someone very famous said this quote, but it's like, you can't, maybe it was Steve Jobs. You can't connect the dots looking forward, but you can try and do it looking back or something along those lines. And so I think I would have, I would be less worried about what I was like thinking about doing next or like, what's my next move, how to be strategic about it and just be like, well, no, what, what am I interested in? What can I offer? What are my skill sets? And like, usually it will lead you in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I think that's, that's great advice is like really focusing in on what you want, what you're good at versus like, what's the next right move to make in, you know, the eye of the public or whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to end with some rapid fire sentence finishers. Are you ready? Perfect. Yes. Okay. I'm ready. The three traits that got me to where I am today are assistance, confidence, kindness, I think. Yeah. I love confidence. I feel like no one's ever said that one. (laughs) A lot of persistence and perseverance, but confidence is such a great one. And it's so important. My number one piece of financial advice for entrepreneurs is like your money is everything. Like your cash flow is absolutely everything. If you're not paying attention to it, then 
what are you doing? <laughs> when I want to unwind at the end of the, a long day, I... I go to a reformer Pilates. Ooh, I went this morning. I love yeah, it. Yeah, um, it's perfect. <laughs> a woman in my field that I admire is... I really admire the founder of the DNA company, whose name I'm now forgetting. Uh, 23andMe? Yes, 23andMe, founder of 23andMe. I think yeah. it's such an epic company. She's done an amazing job. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everyone where they can follow you and learn more about DM? Yes, you can follow DM at AskDM on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Emma SH Bates. Amazing. Thanks so much, Emma. Thank you, Jacqueline. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.